Well, if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalms. We're going to start a new uh, sermon series this morning. We're going to go through the Psalms of Ascent. And we're going to talk about what those are and what those mean for us and why they're in the Bible. Um, But as you turn there, I want to draw your attention to this book. This book right here is called The Pilgrim's Progress. Um, It was written by a guy named John Bunyan. He actually got thrown into prison in the 1600s for preaching without a license to preach. And while he was in prison, he wrote this book. Um, This book is about uh, the Christian life. There's a guy in it, the main character, his name is Christian. And he goes through the journey from the city of destruction to the celestial city. It's it's a journey, it's a progress of a pilgrim. Somebody who's on a religious religious pilgrimage. It's a famous book. If you promise me you'll read it, I'll give you this. If you want it after after, uh, after the sermon. So come up, let me know if you want this. But it's a classic. Uh, Christians have read it for years and years. Because what it does is it, it, it portrays the Christian life as a pilgrimage. As a journey. As going from the city of destruction, the place that you're lost in sin... To that celestial city at the end when we spend eternity with God. And many people have read that and been blessed by it because of that analogy. But really, that's the analogy that John Bunyan draws from is a biblical analogy in and of itself. The Bible often refers to our Christian walk as a pilgrimage. Another word for that is uh, as a sojourner. It refers to us being moving from one place to another never really fitting in in this world, having a hope for the next. The, the, the Bible often pictures us as pilgrims, as sojourners, as exiles in this world. And when we look at the Psalms of Ascent, these are the Psalms from 120 to 134. I think we're going to see that this is a picture as well um, for those who, are pilgrim, those who are pilgrims traveling through this world, trying to figure out their relationship with the Lord and the journey that that is and how we might be aided by it. So this morning, we're going to look not just at one psalm. I'm going to give you an overview of these psalms. And then over the summer, we're going to spend the summer in the psalms. You get it? The, the two S sounds. Uh, we're going to spend the summer in the psalms looking at different uh, looking at these different psalms of ascent. Um, and we're going to have a few guest preachers uh, come and preach during that time as well. We're going to have uh, uh, Brother Johnny Webb. He's back with the kids this morning, um, but he's going to preach a sermon for us uh, next week. And then a few weeks after that, Brother Jake Morton's going to come and, and bring a sermon for us. Those are both guys who have attested, hey, we were called to, uh, to preach. We want to, to hone that skill. So we're going to invite them to come and, and preach for us. We're excited about that. But as we start off, let's start off with this thought. What are the Psalms of Ascent? What are they? I've mentioned so far they're a collection of Psalms, and these are from 120 to 134, and at the beginning of each of those psalms, just like Aaron read a moment ago, it'll say a song of ascent or a psalm of ascent. Scholars have wondered, what is the ascension that is being spoken of here? Because um, these are written by lots of different guys. There's a couple that are written by David, one written by Solomon, and then a few more written anonymously. So these psalms were obviously collected together into this one place in the book of Psalms between 120 and 134 for a reason. 
They speak of uh, traveling to God's temple and the difficulties that come along with that. They also speak of being out of station, not being in the place that they expect to be. So some scholars have come to believe that these are songs that were collected together and sung by the people as they left Babylon, which is a place they were in exile, and traveled. They came up out of, you can hear the ascension, right? Came up out of exile and went to the temple of God, back to their, back to their holy land. Others will say these were psalms that were used by the priests as they would go up to the temple. There were steps that would lead up to it, and they would take their time as they approached the Lord to sing a different psalm every step. So they start off with 120, take a step up, and sing the next song. And then other scholars have said these were probably pilgrimage songs uh, that they would use when they travel from their town to the city of Jerusalem. Because geographically, Jerusalem is above everything else in Israel. Um, it, it's kind of a, a mountain leading up from any direction, whether you're coming from the north, the south, the east, or the west, it's all leading up or ascending to Jerusalem. That's the likely use of these. These people would gather uh, these songs together and sing them on the road. So it was a collection of psalms, but really it was a pilgrimage playlist. It was a pilgrim's playlist. We all know what that's like to get in the car and you have a playlist. Or you have that CD or that album that you would put on and listen to when you would go from one place to another. These were songs that were sung as these people were going to meet with God. As they were going, they were traveling far from God and going to meet with God. And we have songs that we do this with too, right? Songs do something to our souls. They, they take us back. They transport us. Um, I, I look back to my time in playing high school football. I don't know if you remember this, Derek and Nathan. We would sing every, every game, every away game. When we would ride back, we would sing Don't Take the Girl by Tim McGraw. I don't know why, but we would sing it every time. Nick Cook would start it up, and we would sing it on the way home. So every time I hear that, uh, that, that song, that country so- storytelling beauty of a song, I think I'm transported back to that bus. After a football game, uh, that camaraderie that came along with that, just being in a battle together and, and riding home in victory, that, that's what that transports me back to. And I'm instantly filled with all those feelings of unity that I once had. And we do this uh, as well with other songs, right? These songs were sung as people were together traveling, but they were traveling for a reason. It was usually... For some kind of festival, whether it was the Passover or the Festival of Booths, they were gathering together on their holidays and singing these songs on their way to meet with God. And we do that too, right? I'm going to spare you my singing, and I'm just going to read you some lyrics and see where these lyrics transport you to. What about when you hear this song? Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? What holidays that go with? New Year's Eve. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. Fourth of July, Independence Day. Very good. This audience participation right here. Finally, the very spiritual song, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Christmas, exactly. And when you hear those songs, you're automatically transported to that moment and those feelings, right? When you sing Old Lang Syne, you can hear the countdown. You can see the ball drop. And, and you get those feelings of a, an, an old year passing away and a new start coming. When you sing Jingle Bells or another Christmas song, maybe that's a little more spiritual, you think of our Savior's birth and maybe loved ones that you celebrated Christmas with in the past. When you sing America the Beautiful, you think of hot dogs and freedom, right? 
All of those songs transport you to a moment in time and you feel those feelings again. That's what these psalms were designed to do for these Israelites. Every year when they would travel from their home and make the pilgrimage to the place where they got to meet with the creator of the universe, these songs were going through uh, their, their, their caravans and with their people. They would sing these as they would approach, um, as they would approach the temple of God. Because songs really, they do something to us. I think God created music for a reason. Have you ever thought about there's actually no need for music? Like it actually does nothing to our physical sustenance. Like we have food, water, shelter. We don't need any, anything else. Sorry, air. Music's not necessary. But who would want to live in a world without music, right? Because music does something to us that normal statements don't. They, 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 like I said, they transport us to another time. They also help us to remember things that we've forgotten the way we feel, we, we, when we uh, have forgotten the way we're supposed to feel, it helps us feel that way again. And it helps forge memories in our mind. Martin Luther once said that, that music screws God's word to our brain. It fastens it to our head so that we don't forget it. And this, these psalms that we sing are meant to do something to us. And as we think about these psalms, what would we think of psalms or songs that will be sung as we're going to the temple of the Lord. We might have something in our mind of like, hey, we, we would expect a certain kind of song. But when we see these songs, we realize it's surprisingly diverse. There's lots of different songs in this set of psalms, in, on this album, you might say. There's praise and there's lament. Lament is as a sadder song that's meant to drive us to the Lord in sorrow. There's royal hymns that sing of majesty and beauty. And there's wisdom hymns that teach us how to live. And historical uh, songs that teach us uh, of the good old days in the past. Um, and you might think, again, that you might think, hey, the, this, this pilgrimage album should sound a certain way. It should sound something like, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. He has made me glad, clap, clap. He has made me glad, clap, clap, right? Those are the kind of songs that we would expect to be on this album. But the Christian, because we think the Christian journey is perfect, right? Once you become a Christian, everything's good. No bumps in the road, no clouds in the sky. It's perfect. You think these songs would be happy, peppy, upbeat songs that talk about sunshine and perfect summer days. And don't mention anything bad. Or to say it another way, they don't mention anything real. But we would do well to remember that God is more in touch with reality than we are. God understands what it's like to be you. God knows the human condition. And the Psalms are the perfect place to look to realize that God understands your position. Have you thought about that? The Psalms are God's words written in our words. Right? These, are, these are songs that are directed to the Lord. Yet God inspired them. It's like God has slipped you the paper of what to say to him. In a sense, right? He's inspired the words that you're giving back to him. And they show us as we read them, you'll realize, man, there's moments when I feel exactly like this psalm. There, this psalm speaks to my soul in a special way. And you can know, whoa, God understands how I feel. Have you ever had that in a relationship? You're talking and you're like, I just really wish they would know how I feel. And they finally express that. Maybe your, your, your spouse is finally like, did you feel this way when I said that? And you're like, Yes, that's exactly how I felt. I'm glad you finally understand that. That's what you can feel when you read the Psalms. You can re read them and realize God does know. 
your heart. He does know where you're coming from. He does know what's going on in your soul. And when we look at these Psalms, as we look at Psalms 120 to 134, again, we see some surprising diversity here. When we look at Psalm 120, it speaks of the difficulties of living as God's people in an unbelieving setting, far from the Lord. It speaks of what it's like to be around people that don't believe the same thing as you. In Psalm 121, it talks about God bringing help when you're in distress. In Psalm 122, it speaks of the joy of gathering with God's people. In 123, it speaks of the majesty of God on his throne. In 124, it speaks of the thought of where would we be if God had not intervened in my life. 125, it talks about the promise of God bringing justice. 126, the promise to restore a broken life. 127, it speaks of the wisdom of the life that's built upon God and his word. 129, it speaks of the pain of being wounded by others. Psalm 130 talks about painfully waiting for God to bring forgiveness. Psalm 132, it speaks of the good old days of being God's people. Psalm 133, it speaks of the miracle of unity among God's people. And then finally caps off with Psalm 134 of praise to the creator God. It's a big mix of songs that are on this pilgrimage album that really do say something specific to each and, each and every single one of those situations. So what are these psalms? We've seen what these psalms of ascent are. Now, what should they do for you this summer? As we go through these, as we walk through and look at these uh, psalms uh, chapter by chapter, what should these psalms do for you? Well, one, they should remind you that nearness to God is possible. Nearness to God is possible. Remember what they used these psalms for. They were away from God in their towns and traveling to the temple to gather with his people. Remember where some of these psalms may have been inspired from. God's people were in exile in Babylon, in a place where they lived among God's enemy, among the people who hated them, who used them as slaves. And as they came up and out of there, they moved toward God to go back to his land. These psalms are about being far from God, yet bringing us near to him. And that is possible. Not only was that possible for the Israelites in their day, it's possible for us today. Ephesians tells us that we were, some of us were far off, but now we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. In the same way, we were also in exile, far from God, in exile to our sins. But through Christ's blood, we can be brought near and we can travel to his temple and we can walk right up to the front door and boldly knock upon this and say, Dad, let me in because of what Christ has done for us. We can be near to God because of what Jesus has done for us. From exiles to living in the promised land, from chilling in the towns to being in the temple, and from being lost to being found. These psalms teach us that nearness to God is possible. But they also remind us of something else. They remind us that worshiping God is a struggle sometimes. Worshiping God is a struggle sometimes. To remain faithful to him in an unfaithful world is not comfortable at all. You're always going to feel marginalized, pushed to the side, made fun of, jeered at. Jesus told us if they're going to treat me this way, they're going to treat you this way as well. And that's been the experience of God's people for a long, long time. And that continues to be our experience as Christians this side of the cross. 
It's hard to be a faithful follower of God. And he knows that. He understands that. He doesn't look at you like you're throwing a pity party when you're like, God, this is hard for me. This is really hard. He doesn't look at you and say, stop crying. Get out of my way. I've got other things to do. No, he says, I know. I get it. Come here. Sit on my lap. Let's talk about it. He brings us close. Third, these psalms will remind us that we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. Remember, these songs were sung by the families that would probably travel uh, in a caravan. It wouldn't just be like you and your wife and your kids in one car. Uh, With you and your family, you'd be in there with families from next door and your extended family. There'd be a group of people traveling with you from your town up to the temple, all in the same boat, singing these same songs that speak of difficulties of worshiping God, uh, about being delivered from, from your adversary and from traps. Uh, this would be a, a song that all of us would identify. And it speaks to the human experience that all of us, even though our experiences are unique to us individually, we all experience those experiences at different times uh, in life. And then finally, these psalms remind us that the Creator God is on His throne, even in moments that look difficult. The Creator God is on His throne even in moments in our life when things seem difficult. There was nothing more difficult or more um, uh, depressing than the Israelites being in exile, separated from their God, thinking, are these promises that we believed in for centuries, are these even going to come true? How can God bring about a Messiah to save us if we're sitting here in Babylon? Or the Israelites, once they got to their homeland, And they thought, man, now we've got Romans uh, invading our land. How is it that God can keep his promise to us and bring a Messiah to save us if these Romans are over us? And they travel to the temple every year thinking, man, is the Messiah coming this year? Is the Messiah coming this year? And finally, we know that the Messiah does come in Jesus. And when we read these psalms, these psalms may speak of things that seem impossible for us about being made right with God and being in his presence. And we know that though all these psalms are truly find their, their fulfillment, not in a, in a human king, but in the God-man who came in the form of man and will be exalted as king at the end of time. That's the God we have to hope forward to. So I want to give you a challenge as we leave here this morning, as we think about what these psalms are going to do for us. And what I want you to do over the next week or so, I want you to read through those psalms. Read through those psalms, 120 to 114. There's 15 of them in there. If you read about two and a half a day, you'll be good. Some of those are just a few verses long. They're not very long. So I want you to read through all of those psalms this week. So read through them all, but then pick one. You know what it's like to have an album that you're like, the album's good, all 15 songs are good, but track three, that's my jam. That's the one that I love to listen to. And I just, I just put it on repeat, and I listen to it, and I forget sometimes what, what else is on the album. I want you to do that this week as well. Read through all of them, and then pick one of those psalms to just sit in and marinate in and soak in, and let that become your psalm this summer. Because we're all on a journey, like you said. This, this, this life is a, it's a pilgrimage. It's a, it's a progress that we go through. And it's all, we're all at different steps in that. And these psalms are going to speak to maybe different steps in our lives where you might be. Maybe you're on top of the mountain right now and you just want to praise God for it. And you're like, dude, God's on his throne and I know it and I'm, I'm with him. 
Or maybe you're like, man, I just feel like I'm surrounded by people that don't love the Lord and it's really hard in my life. Wherever you might be, I think there's a psalm that's going to speak to you. So read them all this week and then pick one this week that you can set in and make that your psalm this summer. We're going to take some time. We're going to sing a song called Oh Great God because we do have a great God. And as we do that, remember, this is a time for all of us to respond, to think, man, God, you've been so great in my life. You've been so good to me. You've done marvelous things. So let's take these next few minutes just to praise God for the great things he's done. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for everything you've done for us. God, we thank you that you've